God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. So here we are, December 25th, 2022, last Sunday of the year. It's a beautiful white Christmas. The, uh, there was some question about that on Thursday, because that 50-degree rain was sure melting stuff fast. I want to talk this morning about God's, God fulfilling His promises. The title of the message is, For Unto Us a Child... We're going to read that scripture in a minute. We start in Isaiah 9, beginning with verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly entered. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed, and afterward more heavily oppressed her. By the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. God begins the, the prophecy here in Isaiah 9, talking about turmoil, talking about problems being all around, talking about people in gloom and people um, being oppressed. And said, in that midst, in that setting, in that area, a light has shined. People have seen a great light. Those who walked in darkness, verse 2, have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. God gave a promise in Isaiah 9 about relief coming, about salvation coming, about uh, just hope coming. And, of course, going down down through Isaiah 9, uh, which I skipped over for the purpose of the message, but get down to verse 6. says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from this time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'm just going to stop right there. We know Jesus came. We know Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that unto us a child was born. Unto us a son was given. But if we look at the world around us, we don't see an overflowing of the peace of God. We don't see uh, everything put in order. It says, the increase of, verse 7, the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. 2,000 years ago Jesus came. This is why some, part of the reason why um, the uh, people in Israel at the time this came, the time of uh, Jesus walking on the earth, why they had a hard time recognizing the Messiah. 
why they had a hard time realizing that Jesus was the anointed one of God was because they were expecting somebody to come in and set things in place, peace and judgment and justice from that time forward forever. And they haven't seen it. And we look at the world around us and there's turmoil. We haven't yet seen that. We know that Jesus came. Those of us who he's touched our hearts, we know that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the one who reconciles us to the Father. But what is this scripture telling us? That there should be judgment and peace to be established then, from that time forward, even forevermore. But the key to the whole thing, I think, is the very last sentence in, the, in this verse. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's a declaration that as God has said it, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter that I haven't seen it yet. What matters is I know who God is, and I know if he's declared it, it is going to take place. And I can rest and, and relax and just grab onto that, that no matter what my eyes see, I stand in faith knowing that God has made a promise. God is faithful to complete it. And I can rest in that, that, that I not overwhelmed by what's going on around me. I'm not in despair. I'm not in turmoil because I know that as God has declared it, He's going to bring it to pass. Okay, get that thought out of there. We'll come back to that in a minute. In Matthew 1, beginning with verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take unto you Mary your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save their people from their sins. So, this will be, so all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. The angel of the Lord told Joseph... Mary is pregnant with a child by the Holy Spirit. And he will save his people from their sins. You'll call his name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. God saves. Jesus, Joshua, Yahashua are all trans, trans, uh, uh, variations on that. But it's God who saves. And scripture says, and this is done to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill that which was spoken to through the Lord, by the Lord through the prophet, saying, a virgin will conceive, a virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. In roughly 0 BC, 4 BC, that time frame, this was done to fulfill what God had spoken by the prophet. In Isaiah 7, verse 11, is where we find that prophecy. Ahaz is king of Judah. He is the, great, or he is the grandson of Uzziah. He's the father of Hezekiah. 
and the king of or the king of Israel and the king of Syria have banded together and come against come against Ju uh, Judah at Jerusalem and come against Ahaz the king and the prophet goes to him and says God is going to deliver you and then the prophet says this verse 11 ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God ask it either in the depth or in the height above and Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Verse 13. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he will eat, that he may know to refuse evil and, and choose the good. But before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. He gave this prophecy in about 720 B.C. He said, he told uh, the pro prophet, God speaking through the prophet, told the king, ask for a sign. The king says, I won't do that. I won't tempt the Lord. No, if God says do something, the answer is yes. It's not, oh, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. But the answer fascinates me. God says, I will give you a sign. You won't ask for a sign, I'll give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and bear a son. They will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat uh, curds and honey so that he will know to eat, to choose the good and refuse evil. But he goes on down and says, but before... Verse 16, for before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good, the land you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. God said, you won't be around to see this prophecy fulfilled. I will give you a sign and you won't be here to see it. God is saying, if I declare it, it's going to come to pass. 720 B.C., roughly, God through the prophet, delivers this, this prophecy that a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. And then 700 years later, and change, God fulfilled his word. So when we read, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And we go on through about the increase of his justice and peace, there will be no end. And we get to the part where it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will fulfill it. God's not bound by my timeline or by your timeline. We can look at the things in Scripture. We can look at things in our own life and say, God is faithful. He has done everything He declared He was going to do. For unto us a child is born. God has began fulfilling that promise, though there's more in that promise that we haven't seen yet. But the zeal of the Lord of hosts will, confront, will do this. God is still in control. God is still at work. We have not yet reached the end of the story. Because the end of that story goes for peace forevermore. We haven't got to the peace forevermore yet. God is still at work. I look at these things in Scripture. Maybe you don't see the things the same way that I see or understand the things that I'm understanding. But what I'm saying is God has promised. And as God has declared it, He will absolutely bring it to pass. Remember back in uh, when they were given the law and it talked about how you'll be able to tell if a person is a false prophet. 
And there were two ways to tell if a person was a false prophet. One is the prophet could prophesy something and it didn't come to pass. Well, that's a false prophet. And the other one was he prophesied something and it came to pass, but it led you away from God. And that was also a false prophet. But if God made a promise 720 years before fulfilling it and said, oh, and you won't be around to see it, but it's going to be assigned to you. The very fact that God made the promise means it is done. It is set in stone. It will not fail. Praise God. In John 12, beginning with verse 27, Jesus is with his disciples. Some people came and they wanted to see Jesus. And, and uh, a couple of the disciples came with him to tell him. And he goes, verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Jesus, knowing what was to come, said, I'm troubled about this. But this is the very reason I was born. This is the very reason I came to this part. He says, glorify your name. The Father said, I have and I will. God's promises bring glory to his name. God fulfilling his promises and, and setting things right declares who he is, that he is that he is the one who knows the end from the beginning. And that he has never left us nor forsaken us. We sang in the song, Emmanuel, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is the one in control. He is the one who takes, who, who takes care of things. He is the one who set this plan in motion. And he declared it through the prophets. Isaiah 53, last passage of scripture. I believe it's the last passage of scripture. Yep. Isaiah 53, we quote this all the time. Or talk about it all the time, anyway. Beginning with verse 10, says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Jesus said, My soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it is for this purpose that I came to this hour. This is what he's talking about. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the, stroll, the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the, for the transgressors. A lot of big words in there. What it says is, Jesus was born fulfilling the scriptures. That he might live a perfect sinless life, fulfilling the scriptures. Pointing the way to the Father all through his life. That he might come to the point where he became our perfect sacrifice. When you make his soul an offering for sin. God, 
Jesus died on my behalf. He shall see his seed. He, the Father, shall looks down and sees Jesus standing in our place. We say, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, I can come before a throne of grace. I can come not having my own righteousness. When you, claim, when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. God looks at me in the, bearing the righteousness of Jesus, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. God looks at you seeing the righteousness of, of Jesus, that perfect, holy, sinless one, because of what he did on our behalf. Unto us a child is born. God made the provision, he made the way that we might come before a throne of grace, that we might draw near to him and recognize that everything is paid for on our account. God made the, that promise as he told Ahaz in about 720 B.C. that the child was going to be born. You go all the way back to Genesis and you can find prophecies about Jesus. All the way back to the garden. God has been laying out his plan that had to, had to have a child born of a virgin. We read the, some of the scriptures. We read some of the prophecies and some of the promises about it. It's good to go through Matthew because you find several places in there. This is done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet of God declaring it and bringing it to pass. So when we look at those things in scripture that haven't yet come to pass, we have the same confidence that the God who declared it will absolutely perform it. He who began the good work in you will, com will complete it. He is faithful to complete it. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and, Father, for your grace. We thank you, Father, for the provision that you made, a provision that you made in a manger, a provision that you made on a cross, a provision that you made, that you declared from eternity past. Father, and the scripture says, in the fullness of time, Christ died for the ungodly. Lord, that you made that way. You sent us a Savior into the world, fulfilling your word and declaring that your word is immutable, your word is, uncontro is uncontrovertible, your word is true. So, Father, we give praise. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you've made the provision. Thank you, Lord, that you sent a baby in a manger, a perfect, sinless being, Jesus, fully man and fully God, that he might take upon himself my sin and the sins of all of us. That you loved the world so much you sent your only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Father, we give thanks. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.com dot org.